The Super Speedway Podcast is a Dream Bigger Media production. For news, photos, show notes, and information about advertising on the podcast, visit www.thesuperspeedway.com. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Super Speedway. I'm going to tell you guys a story real quick, and I'll make it short. You see him dump that water bottle on him? I did that once. That is a no-no when that baby's showing 130 degrees. We already talked about a medium rare steak being what, 135? yeah. So we're close to cooking already. Yeah, but you gotta, you're, you're showing your age right now. So here. I dumped this water bottle down me to try to cool off. And why you don't do that is that water will boil underneath your butt. Mm. And you look like you have fried eggs on both cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> that was a horrible experience. Do not dump the water on yourself. Welcome to episode 109 of the Super Speedway Podcast, recorded Monday, May 27th, 2019. I'm your host, uh, Eric Young, joined not, as always, by my co-host, James Cush, who's off this week. Filling in this weekend is my friend, co-worker, and a patron of the Super Speedway, Todd Henry Jr. Todd, how's it going? Oh, great. It's great to be here. First time on the show, obviously. <laughs> Todd's a little uncomfortable with the podcast thing. So we're, uh, but he's been a longtime listener to most of them. And yeah. uh, so we wanted to get him involved here. Uh, Clint Boyer gets another uh, chance at the uh, at the intro on the podcast. When was that? That was the Drivers Only broadcast on Saturday for the Xfinity race. It was Clint oh, Boyer, okay. Kevin Harvick. And Joey Logano in the booth and uh, Clint talking about the heat because it was hot on Saturday. It was hot Sunday, too, but it was really hot Saturday oh, yeah. for the Xfinity race. Um, so before we get into the Coca-Cola 600 and all this stuff uh, from the past weekend, uh, let's introduce Todd a little bit to everybody for those of you guys who don't know him, which is everybody, I guess. <laughs> yeah, everybody that listens to this, they have no idea who I am. So Todd and I met at uh, the short track that I work at, Tri-City Motor Speedway. Um, Todd works there as well. He's worked there longer than I have. Yeah, just a couple more years, I think. I started there as an intern doing, um, the, yeah, grand, the grandstands operations. Okay. And then at, towards the end of the year, I got into the social media stuff because Erica over there, co-owner of the track with Steve, wanted me up. I wanted to be up in the tower, and they needed somebody for social media. And then the year after that, I replaced somebody else doing scoring, and I've been doing that ever since with you by my side. There you go. Uh, last year it was you came down to MIS with me, right? We rode down after, I think it was last year. No, nope, the, the year before. Ago. Yeah, my 21st birthday. There you go. Um, so Todd rode down to the races with me and informed me during that time that he had been keeping track of the point standings from the old system and all this stuff. And, of course, we talked every Friday night at the track, but uh, Todd's a statistics guy. So yeah, I haven't kept on it in the last couple of years, though. <laughs> We're sitting here preparing for the show, and I'm looking at the results and stuff, and Todd's looking at the point standings, which I don't think I ever look at. So, but yeah, uh, It's great to see how everybody does every week to you know, get closer to the top. There you go. So Todd's going to join us today. Uh, James is on vacation, so we'll talk to him again next week. Uh, with that, let's get into the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, all 600 miles of it, Martin Truex Jr. comes home to get the win. Um, I actually have results printed out today, which is unusual. You can hear the papers there. Uh, 116 laps led for Martin Truex Jr. Um, I guess you could call that a dominating performance in a 400-lap race. Well, he was the only one that led over 100 laps, I believe. Yeah, he was. And, uh, I mean, considering in the last three years of this race prior, <laughs> we'd had two races that the 
winner led like more than 75% of the race. Oh, more, way more. Yeah. 370 so, laps plus. Yeah. So um, this was, I mean, this really was one of those races that was kind of a crapshoot. We didn't really know who was going to get it. Truex came on strong toward the end. Uh, but you had guys early that were great. Uh, Brad Keselowski looked like the guy to beat, honestly, through a lot of the race. Yeah, he won the first two ra- the first two stages, and then towards that third stage, he got towards the back, and he hasn't wasn't able to work his way back up to the front. And uh, let's see, Kyle Busch also led quite a few laps. Um, came back, tried to get a get a chance at it at the end, finished third. Um, so I mean, those those three really were your big dogs on the day. Uh, William Byron ran well again. Yeah, only in the only in the first half though. He was there, but didn't really have anything for the win. Chase Elliott was there at the end as well. Forty three laps for Chase Elliott led. I mean, it was really a mixed bag as to who was running up front. Um, and it was interesting. It was kind of like I know we saw a different package in this race, obviously, than what we saw in the All Star race. But I still got a lot of the. I mean, I mean, we saw the All Star package there last year, which was essentially this package. Right. So we knew what we were going to expect in this race. And yes, when we had long green flag runs, things got spread out a little bit. But when we had restarts and, and short runs, which actually we had a lot of short runs in this right, race. Thankfully. It, yeah, it was, I mean, it was a lot like what we saw at the All-Star race last year, just a, a longer version of it. Oh yeah, a lot of three wide racing right at the beginning for the restarts. And then it didn't take as long as normal for it to get strung out like right. it usually does. Right. And even, I mean, even when people were leading, they weren't leading by, you know, half a track. And I or think it only like happened once. Truex there towards the end had a three or four second lead on second place. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a good race altogether. Um, JGR has some tire problems throughout the evening. Uh, I think all of them hit Everybody the wall Everybody but point. Kyle Busch had the tire problem, but Kyle did hit the wall a couple times. And then Kyle got wrecked there too in the... Uh, by his brother. <laughs> yeah, that's right. When Kurt, when Kurt lost it coming off of four. Stenhouse tried... Yeah. <laughs> Mar- yeah. Failed miserably. Like, I don't get the whole... Th- okay, so Stenhouse... <laughs> Stenhouse passes... Uh, he, and, he and Bush get together. Bush spins him out, basically. Um, and I, I mean, it was... was a, I don't think it was a dump, though. It was pretty much a, I'm not lifting, I'm going to drive right. through you. He didn't cut life. off Kyle really right. bad. Right, I mean, I, Kyle wasn't not trying he almost, to spin him Kyle out. Kyle almost lost it when he got to Stenhouse's <laughs> bumper. Right. So, so then Stenhouse vows that he's going to get him back later in the race. And, you know, Which TV, I was excited for. <laughs> right. But TV being what TV is, of course, tracked it all night long. And multiple times they were back together. They get back toward, toward each other at the end. Stenhouse has, like, the chance to wreck him mm-hmm. and doesn't take it. Nope. And then he goes and drives and try to chase him into the turn and just completely yeah, screws his worst over. opportunity. It's like it's like he, he's decided, okay, I finally got back to his bumper. I'm going to I'm doing it now. And just it was stupid. Still finished fifth, though. <laughs> yes. His first top five at a mile and a half, I believe. Stenhouse has been there's there's a lot of guys that I think are worth talking about that have had really good runs lately. Um, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is one to talk about. Alex Bowman we've talked about on the podcast a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Wasn't um, second place though this week, right? <laughs> William Byron has been really good lately. Um, Chris Busher, man, Chris Busher sixth place finish. He's been amazing. Oh, I th- I thought he was going to be there. I thought he was going to get a top five. He. He had tire problems too, though. Yes, hit the JTG cars did. He hit the wall a lot early. Yeah, pretty early. Truex did too, but he ended up winning. A lot of cars oh. with damage on the right side of them in this race. Um, David Reagan ran well. Oh yeah, that was pretty cool. Him and Newman staying out. Well, Newman had two tires, but he stayed out. Right. I did try to find the audio. There was a little bit of it that was played during the TV broadcast <laughs> from David Reagan when uh, Truex's team asked him to go to the if he was going to go to the back. Of course not. And uh, I, Dave Moody was talking about it on Sirius today, and apparently he was asked. He, his crew told him that, and he says, um, 
You told him to go F themselves, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, it was his shot to get into the playoffs. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, come on. You don't stay out in a situation. If you're gonna no. if you're gonna, you know, heed to him, you would just pit. You wouldn't stay out. So uh, let's see. What else do we want to hit on here? Um, sixteen cautions in the race for eighty laps. So almost a quarter almost. of the race was run under caution. Um, it was a wild one. We had a ton of cautions in the opening stage. Um and just, I mean, stretch the race out longer than it already was. Yeah, there, was there was about 12 cautions in the first 250 laps, I think. Right. First stage was about four or five. I enjoyed it because the 20-lap runs, it was almost every 20 laps somebody had a tire problem. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this later on. But, I mean, I don't – first of all, we've been – on the podcast, we've been complaining all season about there aren't enough wrecks. Um, not enough people losing control. We saw that a is lot a of problem. People, <laughs> we it's saw a lot of people losing control at Charlotte. Not many. It there was were a quite couple. a few. Like they, they I lost mean, it, but they were able to keep keep going. Yeah. Like Larson, he might have smacked the inside wall if Dylan wasn't there. <laughs> he hit Dylan hard. Right. But he lost it. Um who went through the grass? Um Kurt Bush spun through the grass. I forget who else. I can't remember. Denny, Stenhouse, it was Stenhouse when he went yeah, across Kyle Stenhouse, Bush's nose. Denny Hamlin hit the wall on the back stretch. Yeah, he, he hit hard too. Again, I mean these are there's other contact with them, but that's okay. I mean, as long as we're losing control at a certain point, and right. and people are again. We don't want to see people get hurt or anything, but we're getting contact. We're getting that excitement you yeah, know, factor. The, the teams are finding the edge, right? Which I think is not a surprise. I think that all season long we've kind of seen them inch toward that edge, and I kind of thought that as the season got along. And of course, this is a night race again, which I think this package is better for night racing. Right, so you're gonna have fun in Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it wasn't a cool night race. No. It was a hot night. So. Right. And, and I think we did see toward the end of the race that the the sticky stuff or whatever they're calling it now wore off some at the end, um, and the track didn't have the grip that it had, and we didn't see quite the same racing at the end. But even when we had the short runs at the end, it was right back to that three- and four-wide racing stuff. Exactly. So. Yeah, Jeff Gordon said the entire time he was waiting for him to not lift in the right. corners, and they never not lifted. Yep. It was, uh, it was a great night of racing. I think overall – I have no problem with there being 16 cautions. It's a it's a 600 mile race. I mean, yeah. 16 cautions is and okay, so it's 16 cautions and you got three stage breaks. So three of those are stage mm-hmm. breaks that you have anyway. Yeah, I they were they were close to the record for the race, but I'm not sure what the record was. To be I don't. With they you. mentioned it last night that they were starting to look at it, and then uh, they never mentioned it again. At least from what I heard. And uh, of course, we were talking before the podcast that I will admit that I did watch the entire race, all <laughs> 600 miles of it. And as a matter of fact, I watched. All the races all day long. I, I did. I cheated a little bit. I got up an hour late to watch the Monaco Grand Prix on delay. As long as you still watched it, it counts. And then it flowed perfectly into the start of the Indy 500, which is a little bit delayed for me. And I caught that up live. And then I killed some time, made dinner during before the 600. Started the 600 about an hour behind. And watch that one caught up to live and watched to the end. That's what I do with the 600, but that was the only one I was able to watch this weekend. I did cheat, though, and had two TVs set up in the family room, and one of them had the PlayStation going and some F1 2018, which had a killer sale this week, and I got it for like 10 bucks. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> um, so, winners and losers on day. We kind of hit on a couple people already. Uh, let's start first with Martin Truex Jr. It was his 22nd win, 490 Monster Energy Cup Series starts. Um, his third victory and eighth top 10 finish of the year. Uh, let's see. Third victory at Charlotte Motor Speedway as well for him. He's run 27 races there. He's run, had 11 top 10. So not a bad track for him. His second 600. There you go. Uh, Joey Logano got second. Kyle Busch third. 
Um, we talked about Stenhouse with a fifth place finish. Eric, uh, Chris Buescher, obviously got to talk about him with that sixth place finish. Um, Jimmy Johnson. It's funny that an eighth place finish for Jimmy Johnson is good, but it was a top 10 for Jimmy. Well, he was top 10 most of the night. He looked decent. He didn't look like a winning car, no. but he looked like a top 10 car. Um, so good for him there. Uh, let's see. Kevin Harvick, 10th place finish. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he, he was up there in the first couple stages and he just couldn't get it. He got a lap down twice. Right. By those cautions. He got caught at the wrong time, went down pit road, and then cautioned. Uh, Corey LaJoy, 12th place finish. That's that's amazing. Yeah, he was, he was really quiet. I don't think he was in the top 10 at all all night, but he got up there and he stayed. Right there. Uh, Matt Tift. Let's see. Matt Tift was the highest finishing rookie, finishing 20th place. Yeah, my Instagram follower. I follow him too. <laughs> uh, Daniel Hemrick had a good day it, for the most part, and then he actually led seven laps on the day. Uh, one time for seven laps. Him and Dylan were up there in the beginning, and they just, Dylan fell off and then got wrecked by Larson. Yeah, Hemrick was in one of the wrecks, too. I don't remember which one it was, but I know his car was out stayed out once on one of the cautions there, too, towards the end, and just fell like a rock. There you go. Uh, Let's see. Bubba Wallace, 25th. That's a bummer for him. Uh, After high expectations after the All-Star race, of course, the All-Star race is... Yeah, Bubba did make it up to 13th, I think it was, and he got some contact... And then he was four laps down and couldn't recover from that. Otherwise, he probably would have been in the top ten. And then uh, Clint Boyer, 24th, he had trouble. Oh, let's see. Losers on the day. Kyle Larson's definitely a big one. Uh, finishes 33rd. Another mm-hmm. terrible finish for Kyle Larson. I I'm, can guarantee he's ready for this season yep. to be over already. <laughs> Eric Jones. Yeah. <laughs> the first of the Gibbs cars with the tire trouble, and he he was out. Jones wasn't even there long enough to make it worth being there. No. <laughs> I mean, no. he was like the first caution, wasn't he? Yes. He was early. I know that. Oh, yeah. He was the very first one. Then De Benedetto was the next one. Yeah. De Benedetto wrecks out as well. Um, yeah. So is there anybody else that I'm missing here? Austin Dillon, we talked about him, got a 34th place finish, but he was running okay until. That Bailey Curry, you know, was <laughs> <laughs> he got, got wrecked by Truex. Uh, well, Quinn Hoff got a 28th place finish. I mean. Yeah. No, Curry did get spun by Truex there when Truex was in the lead or second or third. Oh yeah, <laughs> he didn't. He couldn't. Didn't have control of his car. No. <laughs> um. Anything else worth talking about in this race? I think. I mean, overall, what do you think, Todd? Do you think I almost called you James? That's fine. <laughs> That's gonna happen a couple times tonight. I guarantee it. Um. I mean, overall, do you think it was a good race? I enjoyed it. I voted yes in Glucks poll. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> when I voted yes, I think it was only at like eighty-four percent. I don't know what it finished at. I was I was pretty happy with it. I thought uh, I thought it was a good race overall, yeah, and the restarts definitely helped because that race can get boring. Yes, and sometimes it does come up to fuel mileage, just like Dylan's a couple years ago, which it didn't have to do this year. Well, before we get into the other races, which I'll be pretty much the one talking about because I actually caught them um, this weekend. Let's let's hit on our do we care topic. We haven't had one of these in a couple weeks. Uh, there was some talk before. There was an article on I think USA Today. I think Bob Pockers did the article. Um, talking about, I say, I think it's right here on my computer, Bob Pockris, <laughs> uh, basically talking about the Coca-Cola 600, this was preview on the race and whether it's too long. And the, the majority of the drivers in the article talked about the fact that they felt like that NASCAR does need to shorten some races. They're all right with shortening some races, but there's certain races they shouldn't touch. And the Coca-Cola 600 was one of those races. Um, the, uh, the Darlington Southern 500 was another one, Daytona 500 mm-hmm. races. They don't want to see touched. Another ones they're happy with, with cutting down. 
Um, but Denny Hamlin had some comments in this article, which I thought was worth discussing. So Denny Hamlin, this is a quote from Denny Hamlin, tradition schmadition. <laughs> he says, all sports adapt and change. I'm for whatever, but I certainly know that my, from my friends, they choose to come to all-star week and not the 600 week because it's just too long. They don't want to sit around here for five hours. He says, uh, he says, I'd be just as happy with a Coke 300 trophy as a Coke 600 trophy. Um, just to add to this, this year's race with the cautions and all that was four hours, 50 minutes and nine seconds long. So almost a five hour race when the sweet spot, it tends to be three hours for the most part for a Sunday race. So what are our thoughts on this? Do Todd, do you, do you like the 600 mile race? Do you think this is something we should keep or is it a race that should be short? I mean, we only do it once a year for a reason, <laughs> right? <laughs> Everything else is 500 or lower, obviously. But um, Dale Jr. on the DJD, he was saying that to keep all the, everything tradition, 500, 600, keep those, everything, everything else he doesn't care about. Right. And just the fans, you can obviously tell with these races because the 600 was packed mm-hmm. and the Daytona 500 was packed. Yep. Two tradition races. Everything else has been sporadic with the fans. So obviously the fans care about the tradition races too. Is it the tradition race that packed the 600 though, or is it the fact that we had a good all-star race last year? So we had a had proven test of this package on this track last year. And then we had a good all-star race this year, which had nothing to do with this package, but to the casual fan might be like, Oh, well the race was great last weekend. Let's go this weekend. Do you think it had more to, had something to do with that, or is it truly the tradition of it that I would say people? tradition? Because in in my with with my belief with the six hundred, I don't believe it'd be that great of a race without all those cautions. To right. be honest, because it would be strung out the entire time, just waiting for the green flag pit stops and waiting for a picture to screw up. Okay, I do think that this year's race will help next year's attendance, and I I will agree that the I, there was a Reddit thread that I got sucked into today talking about <laughs> attendance. This well, I think it was last night I saw the original post. The, the guy posted a picture from basically going into turn one at the end of the do- double dog leg and down the stands, and it was it looks packed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks like '90s Charlotte just about. Yeah. Um, of course, I'll be at half the stands of what we had in the '90s Charlotte, but or the 2000s Charlotte, I guess. But it looked packed. And then another person says, "Well, that's misleading because here's my shot, and it's a shot from one of the suites straight down, and it's like empty." And then looking at the broadcast, I could tell that that those seats were in turn one, underneath the big suites in turn one. That's where the that's where the empty seats were, and you could see it on the broadcast a little bit. It was darker there, blah blah blah. They kind of, you know, angled around that so you didn't see it as much. But overall, and I know there's painted seats at Charlotte and all that, but overall, I think that was I do agree was a really well attended race mm-hmm. for the Coke 600 especially. Um, it didn't hurt that they had good weather. Right. Um, you know, that, that was perfect. And I mean, it was hot, but it was perfect. It's a night race. You want it to be warm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't have a problem with keeping, I, I would say I I'm, I'm of the mindset and I think we've talked about it. I don't remember what we've, what your standpoint is mm-hmm. on, on most of the races. Are you comfortable with shortening them? Or are you happy with just leaving them? See, the way I'm fine with it, but like 400 or 350 would be as low as I would go okay. for mile wise. Really? Yeah, because because of the stages, Mm -hmm. the way they have them spread out is like, you know, one pit stop or no pit stops. Right. And then you have to have at least one pit stop. That is true. I mean, with the truck series, it works with the shorter um, stages, but the truck series isn't as much about the pit stops as it is the cup series. So so I'm with you there. I'm of the mindset of, I think the 300 mile race is is the sweet spot. I think 300 miles. Well, Xfinity is about 250, 300. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I think, you know, when you go to Michigan, Michigan's Xfinity race is 250 miles. Yeah. And I think that well, Michigan's is, only at 400, I think. Yeah. If you're Michigan 400. Yeah. Uh, but I think the 350 or 250 miles at Michigan is pretty great because mm-hmm. you still want a little bit more when it's done. And so you put 300, 350 on there. Yeah. I don't think 400 at Michigan's terrible. Um, 400 is an okay number. Anything above 400 probably shouldn't happen. Um, but I'm good with, I, I, I'm, I'm, I think Bristol stays 500 laps. Yep. You know, we still, yeah, Martinsville, 500 laps. We still run, you know, 600 miles at Charlotte. We still do the Daytona 500. We still do, I'd be fine with still doing the 500 miles at Talladega, both races too, except that Talladega, really, it's only the last 20 laps that anybody cares about. Aaron's 499. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and I, you know, I'm of the mindset that we've got these road course races that we shorten. Add laps to. We sh- yeah, we shorten the crap out of these road course races when yeah, they're, they're less than two and a half hours long. Yeah, like why are we running so few laps at Sears Point? Because yeah, they they only need two pit stops sometimes. Exactly, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. So I I think we add some laps. I mean, the Xfinity race at Watkins Glen is only like five to ten laps shorter than the Cup race. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, Sonoma, we're adding that. Uh, one yeah, we got leg the in there back. this year. I'm excited about the carousel oh, yeah. coming back. I've never seen it, so <laughs> I'm excited. I'm not old I missed the carousel. We're gonna get the carousel, and it's gonna be like. God, why do we miss this thing? It sucks, but it's something different. I like the change. Well, we, we wouldn't have had Denny Hamlin pushing Stewart out of the way. Right. Because that would have been the corner that they took out. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk. We'll hit on the races here real quick. Uh, Saturday is Xfinity race. Did you get to see any of the Xfinity race? I'm the guessing. only thing I saw was a highlight of Bubba screwing up. Okay. <laughs> Which was pretty much the highlight <laughs> of the day. And I actually, I kind of wanted to, to, to hit on that a little bit. So Saturday's Xfinity race. Um, you heard in the intro was the drivers only broadcast. We had uh, Clint Boyer, uh, Kevin Harvick, and Joey Logano in the booth. Eric Jones, Bubba Wallace, and uh, who was the other one? Blaney. Blaney. Ryan Blaney in the in the pits, and then Keselowski and Chad Knauss, and I forget who the other one was. Was in the Charlotte studio. Um, I love the drivers only broadcast. I think it's great. It gives me a reason to watch the Xfinity race. <laughs> the problem is, which I, I mean, I watch the Xfinity race generally every weekend anyway, but it's another reason to watch it. And I usually watch every minute of it just to see what happens. But these are the same guys that have done it now twice. This was their third time doing it. Yeah. They aren't changing things up. And the first time was like, how are they going to do? Are they going to do okay? And they were almost too professional the first time. The second time was at Talladega, which is hard to be too goofy at Talladega. But it was a little le- less structured at Talladega. And then this one just felt like a regular broadcast to me, except for Bubba, who mm-hmm. was the highlight, because he was he basically kept saying that he sucks at this and whatever, and he kept cracking jokes, and he'd screw right. up. Well, that's who he is. Right, and that, that was fun. And again, this is a reason why Bubba Wallace needs to be in a cup car, because his personality is excellent. Um, a better this, cup car. Yeah, exactly, one that can compete. Um, so the, bro- the, the driver's only broadcast was... It was there. It was something. Um, so we had the Xfinity race Saturday. I don't remember who the heck won the Xfinity race now. Well, it wasn't Christopher Bell. I think he crashed out after winning the first. Uh, it was Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick, That's yes. That's it was. Seven car. No, not seven car. Uh, two. two. Two car, yes. Jeez. It, there was a lot of racing this weekend, people. <laughs> I am, like, lost on everything. I wrote everything else down so I would remember. Um, Indianapolis 500. Well, we'll start with the Monaco Grand Prix uh, on the greatest day in motorsports at uh, – on Saturday or Sunday morning. Uh, this is a complete contrast to the cup race where we said we had three or four guys that kind of dominated the race and then multiple other guys that were there in the running. Lewis Ham- Hamilton started on the pole for the Monaco Grand Prix and led every single lap. Good thing I didn't watch it then. <laughs> and it is, I, don't get me wrong, Monaco is fun to watch because 
it fascinates me how these guys. I mean, these, this track is so skinny. These tracks are so, or these cars are so much wider than they used to be when they ran this course originally. There's no way somebody should be able to go 130 miles an hour or whatever they do down the streets of Monaco. Period. And they managed to do it and not wreck for as many laps as they run, which is crazy. Did they not have any cautions? Um, I think there was – was there one safety car? I can't remember. There may have been one safety car, but that would, would have been it. Um, but it's you know it's it's still an exciting race. It's cool because of that. And I've been following Formula 1 this year, so I'm interested in it, and, and it's it's been kind of neat. But this is – the Monaco Grand Prix very frequently has one leader throughout the whole race. It's oh. just hard to pass the leader, I've especially. I've never been into that league, so. <laughs> so Lewis Hamilton dominates – Basically, they put the wrong tires on the car, so his tires were crap. The last half half of the race still managed to keep the lead <laughs> and win the race. So, um, the Indy 500, a little bit better race. Simon Pagano completes the sweep, and he he won the the uh, the Grand Prix of Indianapolis. He won qualifying, got the pole, and won the Indy 500. Uh, pretty good race. It was uh, a lot of action throughout. Um, a couple wrecks, and the, the ending was exciting. They had cautions at the right point in the ending to make mm-hmm. it a good race. Um, there was, you know, a few years ago we had the arrow package where they would pass every single lap, and it was just crazy. It, this wasn't like that. It wasn't a can't turn away for the entire race, but it was fitting of the Indy 500. It was an exciting race and a good ending, and uh, how much else to say about yeah, it? I didn't look too too much into it. I didn't watch the race. I only watched the last two laps on a highlight, but I did see that Rossi was trying to, call for a blocking yeah <laughs> you know i get the which i don't agree for, agree with in that right and then racing at all i get the blocking in indycar because there's a lot bigger risk of you know True. cutting down on somebody but no blocking's racing exactly that's what you do i yeah i don't I'm, i hate the clint boyer <laughs> right <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly uh, a couple things in the news real quick not a whole lot because we're recording this monday it's memorial day and uh, not a whole lot has happened since last night when the race ended. Everything's pretty quiet on Monday, so there'll probably be more news later this week. We'll talk about next week on the podcast. Um, but the ratings, overnight ratings are out for the Coca-Cola 600. Saw an 8% increase in overnight ratings over last year's race. Uh, that's per Adam Stern on Twitter. Not really a whole lot to talk about there, but again, it confirms everything else that the racing was good. And then you have a good race. People are going to watch. It's finally not a good, uh, finally not a decrease. Yes, in, <laughs> too rating, used to those ratings increases in NASCAR are a good thing. Um, former Sprint Cup or Sprint Cup Monster Energy Cup, whatever <laughs> Cup been series. Been a couple this years is. since those. Yeah, the Winston Cup Series director <laughs> uh, David Hoots got to call his first race uh, since leaving NASCAR in the E NASCAR Heat Pro Series. I don't know how it went because I didn't watch this. I was going to say, I I saw you put that in the race notes, and I was like, how does that even work? I've played NASCAR Heat. <laughs> right. The game just does it for you. I don't know quite how it works with the I, – I know I – if you ever watch the iRacing stuff when they do their live no. broadcast, the iRacing broadcast is like watching a race. No. They do the whole – it's legit, like following with the cameras. They've got two announcers. It's great. It's well, really with that, great. you can drive under caution. Though. Right. You can drive your car. NASCAR Heat, you can't. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea how this works. And like I said, I didn't watch it to see. Um, so anyway, it was cool to see David Hoots back uh, calling a race. And, you know, it's a little personal to me because I'm a race director at the track I work at. And it's just fitting that Todd's here this week when he works next to me there and blah, blah, blah. So we'll move on to the next thing. Uh, Austin Dillon ran the Xfinity Series race on Saturday at Charlotte. Um, had to leave the race early, suffered some burns during the race. 
uh, in the heat, basically clipped the wall and knocked the um, the crush panels out of it. There was heat and exhaust and everything getting in the car. So he left the car. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Hamburg replaced him, and then yeah, they ended up yeah. just taking it behind the wall. Yeah, he wasn't didn't run many laps. They pulled it off. Um, again, not really a whole lot to add there, but uh, no, he was able to finish. You know <laughs> what he could drive right. in the Cup race. Yeah. Yeah, I got back in it the next day. Didn't and, get a finish either of them. Yep. <laughs> uh, Michigan International Speedway, we'll mention this because it's the home track, so we got to give them some love. Uh, Rick Brenner, who we were going to try and have on the podcast this week, or last week, but it fell through due to technical issues on my end. Um, we're going to hopefully get him on before August. But he was interviewed for Auto Week and discussed uh, – whether he was concerned about Michigan losing a date, we've talked about here on the podcast a couple times that uh, Michigan likely is one that uh, that could see a date go away. Um, the one thing Michigan has going for it is its proximity to Detroit, so you never know um, what could happen. But uh, let's see. He says, yeah, where is he? He says, we'll do our very best on race weekends to make it entertaining, fun, and affordable as possible for everyone. There's your PR speak for you. <laughs> Um, we need to just keep racing, keep making race weeks fun. What we're doing is, is we're adding things that weren't there before and changing some things that were. We have the free Saturday night concerts. They're mixing up the genres, classic uh, rock, country, 80s music. Uh, we have, we want to have something there for everybody. We're optimistic that we'll have a good year this year and even better next year. Um, I will say, as someone who's been to Michigan many, many times, I think Michigan is one of the better tracks when it comes to off-track entertainment there is a ton of stuff to do in michigan if you're going there for the weekend you and you can't find something to do you're not looking hard yeah. enough i've um, only been there the tw two times so right the the i mean the saturday night concerts friday night concerts that they do out and um, i think it's out, out by turn two or turn three um there's just all kinds of stuff and there was back in the day when i was going and camping there at the track and there's even more now so um, Michigan definitely has the has the formula right on that stuff, and it's it's a great fan fan friendly fan friendly track. Um, but I think the writing's on the wall. I think we're going to see a lot of tracks lose. Now, dates. would you be opposed to them doing the double header like Pocono's going to? I think that's what Michigan's going to end up with. No, I'd be totally on board with that. I think that's great. And do you think they put lights out of my ass? I don't because I don't think there's. I'd love to see them do it, and I've been waiting for them to do it forever. But I don't think it makes financial sense to do it. I, I just don't. There's there's so much money that goes into putting the lights in there, and I don't think it adds much to it except that it gives you more options if you do get a rain out on a weekend when you have a double header, right? Um, or if you get some rain, you can run later in the evening. But even then, you're not going to want to run a night race and then a day race the next day. Why not? Well, you know, because yeah, right. There's, no, there's hardly any turnaround anyway. Exactly. You don't care what the drivers have to go through. I don't. I don't care. But they're not going to do that. I guess is what I'm saying. Arca trucks at night on Friday. Xfinity in the day. And I'd love to see. Night and I'd love to see night racing in Michigan. Sunday. But I think the other problem we run into with Michigan is, from you know, from a nationwide standpoint, from a NASCAR standpoint, it's not hot enough in Michigan to run at night. It cools down a lot at night in Michigan, even right. during so the summer. So be compl two completely different races. <laughs> Yeah, it's not going to happen, oh, Todd. <laughs> it's not going to happen. That place would be beautiful at night. It already it would is, be awesome. but with yeah. lights all the way around. It would be really awesome. Any track at night. I mean, going to any track at night and seeing a night race. I got to see Chicago. got to see um, Kentucky. It's it's awesome to see them at night. It's amazing. Saw Daytona at night. Daytona at night is just brilliant. It's just spectacular how cool that track is Yeah, at that's night. one of my bucket lists, go to Daytona. You forget 
I mean, you forget that you're watching a night race. Really, it's so bright. That's the thing is it's almost not a night race, except when you leave and everything's dark. <laughs> but Or you leave and you get home and it's 2 o'clock in the morning or whatever afterwards. Yeah. But otherwise, it just it it's so bright. They have to have it so bright for TV that you don't even notice. Uh, anything else? Did I miss anything in the news, Todd? Were you paying attention to the news this weekend? No, you put down everything I saw. All right. I don't think there were any penalties this week. Not yet, anyway. I don't see anything. <laughs> Too early in the week for that. Yeah. Like um, Tuesday or Wednesday. So speaking of double headers, we go to Pocono Raceway uh, this weekend for the Pocono 400. I don't believe they have a title sponsor for the race yet. Um, at least last I checked, they I didn't. Have no idea. <laughs> and uh, so next year, this will be the doubleheader weekend for Pocono, or one of the two Pocono weekends. I don't know where exactly. Right. Do we all. still know how that's not know how that's? Gonna I don't work. think they've uh, given out a lot of the details. I wouldn't be surprised to see some of those details emerge this weekend, or more likely the second Pocono date. When uh, I mean, what better place to announce it than at the track that they're going to do it at? Yeah. Um, I believe Pocono is doing the thing, and, and check before you go there and and try this but i believe pocono's doing the friday monster energy can gets you in free thing too this weekend which they've done before which is a pretty cool deal um so pocono 400 todd you get the first pick awesome. this week i get the first pick on my first podcast i'm going with my new favorite driver ryan blaney ryan blaney nice one ryan blaney does have a win at pocono his first career win actually yes and he kind of you know had some end of the race troubles yesterday so he'll be going for revenge he is second on the list of best drivers best average finish at this track that's what i'm talking about second to eric jones mm-hmm. i don't even know Throw both of them into fantasy <laughs> jones finishes top five i'm pretty sure they're every race oh <sighs> i am gonna go i'm gonna go towards the top of the list here as far as good finishers as well um, and I'm going to go with somebody who ran well this weekend, too, and also didn't have the finish that they would have liked to have. And somebody who's won here once. And I'm going to go Brad Keselowski. There you go. Teammates. That's my winner. As you say, you got to have great speedway speed. There you go. Long stretch. Dark Horse. Dark Horse is tough. Um, hmm. I'm just going to go completely out on a limb here and absolutely not pick based on anything. And, oh, you know what? Forget that. Scratch that. I'm going to go with a dark horse that is probably the only dark horse that you can pick that is a dark horse with a win on the track that you're picking him for. Do you think it's okay to pick Chris Buescher as the dark horse well, for yeah. Pocono? I mean, he's still a dark horse, right? I don't think right? Fog's going to be an issue this week. Right. So. I'm going to go Chris Buescher because of how well he ran this past weekend and has he's, been running. He's he's come, He's 22nd in points right now, but he's only 50 50 behind the bubble, as long as we don't have any surprise wins. There you go. He's catching up. Who you got for your dark horse? <laughs> Pick Danica. Is she racing this week? No. <laughs> Not enough no, but to go around. Like I said yesterday, she's got just as much of a chance of winning. <laughs> At least she was there, though. Yeah. <laughs> that, that comes for something. I will say Danica did pretty well uh, on the Indy 500 broadcast. He has a Dale Jr. It was nice to see Dale Jr. representing. Dale Jr. got to drive the pace car. Um, so he didn't have a good time with that. So that was cool. I'm stalling for you. Yeah, I'll go Daniel Hemrick. Daniel Hemrick. He's That's got, a good one. I know they have the speed. It's just he doesn't have the results at all. So here's a question. Pocono, Pocono now we do have the Aeroducts there, right? They weren't originally going to put them there, and I think they're running them now. I believe they so. that. Um so not quite sure Chevy's been doing really well with this package. Does Chevy continue that this weekend? I would say so. 
But I mean, the Gibbs cars are still really good. We both picked Fords to win. Right. Well, <laughs> Ford's just been a power for what two, three years now. Neither of us picked Gibbs cars or Chevrolets. I picked a Chevy for my my dark horse. I know, but that so did you. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. Come on, dark horse doesn't count. <laughs> if they win it, do it no, does. If they win it, do. <laughs> there we go. I'm putting that as my profile. <laughs> if they win it, do. Uh, before we wrap it up here, let's uh, let's talk fantasy league. Um, and I had it pulled up here, and now I've lost it. So let me stall a little bit here as I yeah. pull up the fantasy. No worries. It was my worst week of the year. Yeah. On purpose. Um, it was also my worst week of the year. I was so excited because there were multiple times when I was like, yes, this is it. Everybody's running well. And then it just went to crap at well, the end. I had Jones out in the first 20 laps, so I had to put him in my garage instantly. Yeah, I had uh, – who did I have? Um. If I could get the right thing to come up here, league. And I was leaning Over. hard on Harvick for a couple stages in the race win. <laughs> so I had Daniel Hemrick in because I haven't had any starts with Daniel Hemrick. And right. I'm like, well, he'll run good. And he was running well and then gets wrecked out. And so I immediately put him on the bench and replaced him with uh, Bubba Wallace, I think, was who I had sitting on the bench. And that didn't go well. If he wouldn't have went laps down, it would have been a great pick. Yeah. Um, I had Kyle Larson who got wrecked out. Um, Brad Keselowski was looking really good early and then didn't. Alex Bowman, same way. Yeah, I, I went with a lot of less usages. Suarez, Johnson, Hamlin, Dylan, and Bowman. Austin Dillon, that is. <laughs> and Dylan didn't really help me out. So, um, let's see. Here's the results. I, like I said, I got last. Todd finished just ahead of me. Um, some, I, who the, whoever this smoky comeback is, I don't know who that that is, finished first. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> So James decides not to come on the podcast this week. He takes vacation, and this is the week that he wins the fantasy. So hey, you're still ahead of him overall, so that's what matters. Barely, barely. Uh, so James gets the win. Justin seven one three comes home in second. Ranger Runyon finishes in third. Hurricane Ditka fourth. Scoters in fifth. Um, then Todd, then me, and we overall it is still Justin seven one three leading the points with Ranger Runyon closing in. Uh, twenty three nineteen to twenty three seventy one. Yep, I lost a little bit of ground, but I got all my usages to go. So. Todd, how does it look in the front half? Because James and I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> I've been here all year, so. <laughs> <laughs> so Todd's in third. Hurricane Ditka fourth. I'm hanging in fifth. James still hanging back there in sixth place. Scoters is down in the bottom. And we're so. halfway through the year, so we got plenty of time. Todd said he was researching the, uh, the way the playoffs work. And if you you can fill us in right now, so everybody knows. Yeah. So you get your ten usages for all your drivers in the first twenty six races. So I have six usages at minimum for all of my drivers right now. Right. For the next thirteen races, so I'm I'm sitting pretty there. <laughs> but in the playoffs, the last ten, you get to pick two playoff drivers and two non playoff drivers. So you only get four. Okay. And then you can use them as many times as you want in the playoffs. Um, I'm not sure if it dwindles down after each round. Do they still have the garage and all that? Or no? I don't know. I would assume so. Probably one for each, though. You didn't read close enough, then. I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, any shout-outs this week, Todd? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot there, but you do listen every week, so you do know we do shout-outs. Yeah. <laughs> no. I will. Let's go with my parents. They're just go. keeping up with me and pushing me forward in my life there we go todd <laughs> said they're gonna listen so we appreciate that um you have to get them set up subscribe on their iphones they got iphones no uh, get them iphones sounds like a good there's father day no. father's day's coming up 
yeah, I don't have the money for that. I'll, they have Google Play if it's on there. Well, now you're getting this high pay from being a podcast co-host. Right. You did say there was an opening. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't hold your breath on that check. Sorry, um, <laughs> I, I wanted to give a shout out to this week um, with Jeff Gluck going over to The Athletic. Uh, he put an article out, and I have not fully read the article yet, but it's getting tons of praise online. I, I haven't started seen it reading yet. It, but I'm, I plan to finish it. Uh, Simon Pagino won the Indy 500. And Gluck basically followed him for the next 12 hours or so after to see what it was like to win and what yeah, you go he, through. He, he didn't get to see the 600s because right. he was with them all day. Yep. So so Jeff Gluck's doing Jeff Gluck things with The Athletic, as you would expect. So if you have not joined up with The Athletic, it's worth it. They, they're they going to have some good NASCAR coverage, good motorsports coverage. Um, I've, I've opened the app today, and they've got a teaser ad at the top telling everybody about the motorsports coverage. So they're not, like, tucking it off the side. They're putting something into it. And, uh, and that'll be a good deal. So check that out if you haven't. Again, you have to be a subscriber, but it's cheap to subscribe. Um, there's all kinds of, they do monthly, you know, you can get a month free or whatever offers. So check it out if you haven't, and it's worth signing up. I think it was 40% off for anybody. Yeah, it's it's a great, great deal. They're not free charging. for you and I, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're not charging a whole lot for it. And, you know, as somebody who works in the, in the media industry, it's nice to see people get paid to do what they mm-hmm. do. That's kind of the whole point behind it. We all like to feed our families. So, um, anything else, Todd? Well, I did, you know, bring a little bit of my statistics that I go for it. What do you want to do? It's something super simple. All all I did was take out the stage points from last week and rearrange them into points order. So, because my favorite driver, Blaney, he (laughs) hasn't had the finishes all year, but he does run well in the beginning parts of the races, which is what this whole points format does. Normally, he, before this week, he was 10th in the points. Cause he, and then he's accrued 105 points okay. in the stages alone. Take everything away from everybody, and he falls all the way to 20th. Huh. That's how bad he finishes the races. Wow. It's just something super simple and crazy. So why is Ryan, Ryan Blaney your favorite now? Well, I mean, it was a junior. Okay. And it was basically between him or Elliot. But everybody was hopping on the Elliot one. And okay. I just love... I think Blaney is the most true to the Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan. Right. I mean, he's he is. It was very easy to just jump ship to him. Right. Plus, he's got his podcast with NASCAR. The, see, Chase Elliott's great for those fans that chose Jr. because he was popular. That's Chase going to be a really good one for that. He's got the name. He's got all that. Mm-hmm. Everybody can go over to him. But like you said, the podcast, the the personality, yep. the type of person that he is, Blaney. He's old school. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Those the people who want the old school stuff in NASCAR, Blaney's one to follow yeah. for sure. Which I didn't really, you know, choose Junior either. Right. When I because I just have always watched NASCAR. I did like the Frosted Flakes car, Terry Labonte back okay. in the day. <laughs> I had that little car when I was like four. Nice. But I loved the number eight and the red car, and then Junior was a Junior just like me. Okay. And it just stuck and followed him through. I'm only. 23 next month, so okay, right there with Blaney, so I got to grow up with him, too. <laughs> That's cool. So That's cool. It's perfect. My dad got into Dale Jr. back when Jr. was running in the in the Xfinity car, in the Xfinity series. Mm-hmm. Just well, I was, up. I was two. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the earliest memory I have of NASCAR, even though I was eight, was Gordon beating Jr. on that uh, that NASCAR call in right. turn four. <laughs> And everybody throwing beer cans onto the track. That's the earliest one I can think of. It's crazy. You're so young. I know. You're so young. <laughs> it's irritating. I, I'm sure I was watching the Dale Earnhardt race in 01, but <laughs> I have no recollection of it. Wow. 
that's I my mind can't grasp that. Um, so Todd, since uh, since you've been on the podcast now, you're you're a faithful patron. Um, Involved us quite a bit. <laughs> nice. Um, how do people find you if they want to get you hit you up on social media? At toddjr two zero one four on most social platforms. There you go. Uh, you can find me at T Super Speedway on Twitter. You can find the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash the super speedway. Our website is thesuperspeedway.com. There's all kinds of stuff on there. Show notes. Um, you can click on the articles that you that we talked about in the podcast. You can read those. Um, there will be some race coverage here coming up. We got Michigan coming up in a couple of weeks, and then Chicago, Kentucky, and Michigan as well. Um, those will all be up there as well, so check that out. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud, wherever you heard us today. We hope you subscribe. If you want to become a patron like Todd and one other person, <laughs> Rachel Runyon, uh, you can become a patron at pat- <laughs> patreon.com slash thesuperspeedway and join us there. There's all kinds of different tiers you can choose and become a part of the show. And, hey, maybe I'll call on you to be a co-host when James goes on vacation. Yeah, thanks, he likes, James. He likes to skip out on us. It's, like that yeah thanks for the opportunity <laughs> yeah no problem it was I fun time so you were nervous about doing this are you a little more comfortable now a little bit i'm still nervous though because yeah. <laughs> now i have to listen to myself yeah there you go um we'll get you on again uh, hopefully i, I want to get something to where we get a few of us on because i've got the the setup i've got here today we i did a temporary setup outside of my home studio um i have a mixer board that allows us to have four inputs so i can do four live guests or three live guests plus myself. Yeah, but you have to rely on James to show up. Right, exactly. And that's <laughs> tough because the very first episode we were going to do in person, and we've now done this. This is our third year doing it, and we've been in person for a podcast one time. Right, and it was for the Michigan president. Interview. Yes. Technically, it was two times because we did two podcasts that night. But You did one in the one car time. once, didn't you? Oh, yeah, that's right. We did the one in the car. Jeez. Man, you, I know your own you, podcast better you know than you do. Better than I do. <laughs> on that note, I think I'm going to go because Todd <laughs> is making me look bad on my own podcast. So we'll be back next week. We'll talk. To, talk we'll have James back next week as well. Veteran like me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about Pocono, and we will preview Michigan next week. Until then, everybody, let's go racing. Uh-huh.